Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Wesley Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Please to Acts chapter 21, starting in verse 15. Acts chapter 21, starting in verse 15. Let's all stand for the reading of God's word. And after those days, we packed and went up to Jerusalem. Also, some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us and brought with them a certain nation of, of Cyprus, an early disciple with whom we were to lodge. And when we had come to Jerusalem, the, the brethren received us gladly. On the following day, Paul went with us to James, and all the elders were present. When he had greeted them, he told in detail those things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord. And they said to him, You see, brother, how many myriads of Jews there are who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law. But they have been informed about you, that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, nor to walk according to the customs. What then? The assembly must certainly meet, and they will hear that you when they hear that you have come. Therefore, do what we tell you. We have four men who have taken a vow. Take them and be purified with them, and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads, and that they may know that those things of which you which they were informed concerning you are nothing, but that you yourself also walk orderly and keep the law. But concerning the Gentiles, who believe, we have written and decided that they should observe no such thing except that they should keep themselves from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be here this morning together, to open your word, to know that your word is Father, that, that this opportunity is here, I ask that you would open our hearts and open our minds and lead us in a direction that, that only you can lead. Father, hide me behind the cross. Let this congregation see Jesus Christ in me and hear the words of your mouth. And in all of this, the glory is yours. And we pray this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Please leave those Bibles open. You know, um, every once in a while, probably more often than, than we would like to admit, church needs to reevaluate itself, reevaluate how we do things, reevaluate um, maybe our missions, adjust things, certainly. Um, businesses have to do this. Businesses, if they want to keep up with the times, 
they have to reevaluate themselves um, quite often. I mean, technology, even in just technology in itself, um, with the way it changes, businesses have to um, reevaluate what they have, how they approach people. Mainly, you know, one of the reasons is because of technology. If, if you are going to walk into a business and ask for and ask for them to give you a bid on a job or something like that, and you walked in, and the first thing that you saw on the secretary's desk as you walked in the door was a typewriter. What would you think? What would you, what would you think? What would you say, wow, they, they really haven't taken a step into, uh, in, into modern times, and, and they're, still, they're still using a typewriter. They're, they're still... They're still, um, as they're writing out your order, they're pulling out the blue copy sheets and they're slipping them in between and, and so that they can make copies. And Something's wrong. Now, I, I, but I will tell you this. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get the, in fact, I don't remember the name, but do you remember when you used to get the mimeograph copies in school? Oh man, did those smell great! And you know these new the, the, the printers today just can't can't equal that. They just they're it's it's like smell vision. Oh, they were so. But businesses change. You don't see that type of thing anymore. Businesses change because they have to change because if they want to keep up with the competition, they've got to change. They have to be able to do that. Businesses change, and, and, and folks, listen, there's always one of those things that, that depending on who you talk to, um, where, where you'll say, well, church is not a business. And you're right, it's not a business, but there is a business side to the church. Sorry. I mean, there, there are things that we have to look at, and we have to look at them as, as a business. Um, you see, and so as I speak today, don't, don't get hung up on the idea that church is not a business. For the longest time, the church has been able to, and businesses have been able to, look at and pull up the demographics for the area that is around them. Just to be able to see who's out there. Who is out there? See who our neighbors are. Find out the, the age, the income. The, the nationality. Look at all of the, of the data that has been provided for us, and it's, and it's all out there, and it's all on the people that, that surround us. That the demographics of who we're, we're trying to reach. You see, we need to know who we need to reach. You see, McDonald's, McDonald's has done this for years. A lot of businesses have done this for years. When you see a McDonald's being put in in your area, it means there's growth that's coming. McDonald's doesn't seem to make any kind of mistakes. They, they know who's coming. They know the average age. They know the income levels. They know everything about the people around them before they ever break ground and put a, put a, a restaurant in, in that particular area. You know that there's growth that's coming. Churches... Churches need to do this. We need to know. 
Who is out there? We need to know their age. We need to know their, their income level, what, it, what is important to them, and all those things. Because I'll tell you what, in all of the effort that McDonald's goes to, to before they ever put a store in there, they're selling hamburgers. What are we selling? It's something that's a lot more important than, than, a, than a Big Mac. There's something that, that is very important. So what do we do with, with the information that we have? You see, they're, they're, the point is, is to reach the people that, that, in our, that are in our target zone. You see, you don't, you don't change the quality. We don't change the quality. And folks, when we say, well, what, what is the quality? This is the quality. You don't change, you don't change the message. The message cannot change. The same message that, that Paul went, went and, and preached as, as he went through the, the different areas and, and bringing up churches and starting churches was the same message of grace that we're talking about today. It's that same message. It can't change. And it, and it, and it won't change. Salvation in itself cannot change. You see, McDonald's, their burgers aren't going to change. The quality of those burgers don't, don't change. You know, when we went to um, uh, Israel, uh, and it was getting down near the end of that two weeks that we were actually there, and, um, and we had you know, circled the country and had come back, and we were in, in uh, Jerusalem. And, and it was time for lunch. We had gone through and we had toured whatever we had toured that, that particular day. And lunchtime came and Shirley says, if I eat one more falafel, I'm going to hit somebody. Now, personally, I, I love falafels. I mean, I, you know, I could eat those till they come out my ears. <clears throat> but we looked down the, the street of, of, of Jerusalem and there was a Burger King. And, <laughs> and I went, I don't want Burger King. And then you looked down a little bit farther, and there was a McDonald's. And, and so we went down to McDonald's. Um, you walked in. You didn't know that, that you were in, in Israel until you looked up at the board. And, and you realized that, that the kid that was behind the counter was, was not... He couldn't speak English. But you know something? A number one is still a number one, even even in, in Israel. Yeah, the, some things just don't change. The quality of the burger didn't change. They took the cheese off. You can't have beef and you can't have cheese together in Israel. It's against the dietary laws. Now you, it, it still comes as a Big Mac. And it's still got that the 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 sauce on there, and and the lettuce and the pickles and and the double burgers. And anybody hungry yet? And 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 all of that. And when you look at it, you go, something's missing. And you pick it up. Oh, they got rid of the cheese. But they but that's what they did. If they didn't get rid of the cheese, they go out of business. They had to get rid of the cheese. But they didn't change the burger, really. They didn't change the quality, the quality of the burger. You see, 
the danger for McDonald's was to change the burger, to maybe take it at, at, at get a cheaper meat or whatever. Change that's dangerous for a church is to change the message. You see, folks, in all of the things that we do, this is what's important. This and this alone. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Jesus Christ for our salvation. You see, that message can't change. And, and church is trying to exist in today's market. And talk about it in being a market today will change the message. And we can't do that. You see, the danger for a church is to change change the message. And, and we can't. But I want you to think about something. I'm hot. Man, here it comes. <laughs> I want you to think about something. There is no doubt. I, I know that, that when it comes to the growth of a church and all of that, we're, we're happy to see anybody come through the door. We really are. But I'll tell you this. Who are we really trying to reach? We're, we're commanded. It isn't just what we want to do. It is what we want to do. But what we are commanded to do is to reach the lost. And, and our command and what we're supposed to do comes directly from, from the Word of God. He tells us who we're supposed to reach. And so without, without getting into a discussion about who are we really trying to reach, I'll just, I'll just tell you, we're here to reach the lost. That's who. So what are we asking a non-believer to do? Watch. Watch. We ask them to come into a church. We ask them to sit in the most hard, uncomfortable benches that, that, is, that has ever been created. Archaic at best. Now don't get upset about the, about the pews. If pews were that comfortable, movie theaters would have pews. Stadiums. Well, actually, stadiums do have bench seating. It's the cheap section. It's it, when you when you finally get your ticket and you walk into a Rays game and you get to the to the place where there's and you look down and all it is is a bench with a back on it with a number. That's your seat. You go. That's the cheap seats. And and yet when people come to church, what do we do? Well, we don't offer them stadium seating. Or we don't offer them theater seating, we offer them pews, and it's, and, it, and it's uncomfortable. We also, when people come in, we ask them to sing and listen to music from the 1800s. Tell. Now, here he goes, here he goes, I can hear it now. It's, it's from, it's, it's 1800s and older. And then, we, we take this, this group of people from an electronic age of the iPads and, and, uh, and the iPods and video games and all of this where, where the, the mind is, is constantly moving. And we bring them in and we sit them down and we ask them to listen to me. Wow. You want to talk about a, a, a culture shock. Come on in, sit down, listen to this guy get up here and ramble on and on and on. You see, in business, in business, it would be a recipe for certain failure. Unless, unless we were in the nostalgia business. 
and then it wouldn't have happened. But you see, that's not what we're in business for. You see, what's really scary, though, and folks, I know a lot of you have been in church longer than I have, or and even even longer, um, where and you've and you've heard it before, where the people in the church say, "Tough. That's just the way it is. That is the way that it is. Is it? Is that the way that it's that it's supposed to be? Take it." Or leave it. Well, unfortunately, a lot of people today, the, the, the non-believers, and if that's who we're trying to reach, those non-believers, they choose to leave it. You know, it, what I'm going to tell you today are the facts of life. The facts. Now, I'm speaking about this today because Paul, in, in the scripture that I, that I was uh, reading, seems to agree that sometimes change is necessary. Maybe, maybe you don't get where I'm going with this, but, but you understand this. What has Paul preached from the moment he was knocked down on that, on that road to Damascus? And when he rose back up, when, when the Lord, um, uh, sent Ananias to him and, and, and rose him up and got him out on the missionary road, what did he start preaching immediately? Grace. Grace. It's a message. It's a message of grace. Folks, can you do anything to earn your way into heaven? No, no, nothing. You can't do a thing. Look back at verse 20, verse 20 through 24. Let me read this to you. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord and they said to him, You see, brother, how many my rate of Jews there are who have believed and they are all zealous for the law, but they have been informed about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children nor to walk according to the customs. What then? The assembly must certainly meet, for they will hear what you have that you have come. Therefore, do what we tell you. We have four men who have taken a vow. Take them and be purified with them and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads and that all may know that those things of which they are concerning you, they are nothing, but that you yourself also walk orderly to keep the law. Wait a minute. Hold on here. Why is Paul being purified? Doesn't Paul preach grace? Doesn't he? And now all of a sudden, Paul is, is, is having to go through some kind of a ritual where he's purified. What, what is, is, here's, is Paul a hypocrite? Preach grace over here, get purified over there. You know, uh, grace here, works here. What, what is, is Paul actually a hypocrite in this? This, this purification is, is, is something from the law. Why do they do this? You see, some, some scholars have a real problem with Paul being purified in this ritual. Praise the Lord, I'm not a scholar. I, Paul, was, was, was he forced? Or, or did he knuckle under to the pressure? What was it? All of a sudden, here's something that is, is just totally against what, what Paul has been, what he's been preaching and, and what he's been doing. 
the people that that are are being baptized to to join a church is 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 baptism is it absolutely necessary for the forgiveness of sin is there any saving grace in baptism no there is not you die to yourself because Jesus Christ went to the cross shed his blood on the cross for the forgiveness of of your sins my sins it's grace it's grace folks that's what Jesus Christ did for us you see he didn't die on the cross and then and then when he rose Three days later, his message was not, listen guys, I got it 99% here. Now you gotta go get baptized, or you gotta go get circumcised, or you gotta do this, or, or what I did really doesn't mean anything. It does not. That's not a message of grace. But yet, here's Paul. Here's Paul being purified in this ritual. See, there's no saving grace in any kind of ritual that we do, whether it be baptism or whether it would be circumcision or, or no matter what, what it, it possibly could be, why do we do it then? I'll tell you why we do it. And I'll tell you why I, I baptize. Because it makes us feel closer to God. Okay? That's why I do it. Because someone can come up here and I can baptize them and, and they, and they feel like, like they're proclaiming Jesus Christ as their Lord. That's it. That's it. And I feel better doing it and you feel better doing it and, and, and people out here feel better doing it. But are you saved because you do it? No. Absolutely not. But yet here's Paul going through this purification. But yet they're, they're doing the same thing here. They're doing it because, because they feel, they feel better. Paul was purified because it made others feel comfortable. Paul and, and the Christian Jews knew that there was no grace in the purification process. But yet it made some feel comfortable. The Jews felt closer to God. You see, Why, why should it, the church then change from our rituals that, that make us feel better? Because that's what they do. They make us feel better. Does purification give us, give us entrance into heaven? No. Baptism does not get us into heaven. But you see, when we do rituals that make us feel better, we're saying it's about us. And you see, therein comes the danger because it becomes about us and it doesn't become about the lost. Do you... This, this opens up a, a, a lot more. Do you remember John Kennedy? I believe it was his inauguration speech when, it, when he said, ask not what, what your country can do for you ask what you can do for your country. You see, folks, the church is much like that. Many people will come into the church and they'll say, what can the church do for me? And I'll tell you now, 
we can come together as a people. We can come together and, and serve each other. We can come together and, and do things together. I can, I can help you in your faith. Sometimes when, when you come together as, as, as a group, you, you lift each other up. Accountability. Accountability is another thing. That as we come together, maybe we hold each other accountable. We, we do that. But folks, the reason that we are a church, the reason that we are together, is to see what we can do for the church. And what is the Lord asking us to do as a church? Reach the lost. That's what he's asking us to do. The side benefit of all of this, the side benefit of us all being together is accountability. It's being able to come together and eat together and hold each other up and and the friendship and the fellowship that all comes with it. But what is our command? man is to reach the lost. So you see, folks, it's not, it's not, what can the church do for me? What can I do for the church? What gifts, talents, when you join the church, one of the things that we ask you, will you find your talent? Will you find the gift that God has given you not to make you happy, to serve the church, to do what God has asked us to do, to reach the unbeliever. That's what it's all about. It's not. It's not about us. Flip over in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9, 19 to 23. There it is. This is what what Paul said. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win the Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, not being without law towards God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak, I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker of this with you. As as for the weak, I became as weak as Paul. For the Jew, to make him feel better, I'll go get purified. I got no problem with that. Why? Because he's going to find Christ. That's why. That's why. This isn't. This is for the gospel's sake, folks. This is not for our sake. This is for the gospel's sake. We're trying to to reach. Are we trying to reach other Christians? It's nice when they come together. It is nice, but no. What we're trying to reach are, are those who are lost. Now, folks, if, if the church can't change its approach today,
to society what's going to happen. And and listen, I, I'm I'll tell you, this this is not this is not all about music. It's not. It's not all about music. It has everything to do with attitude. It's called attitude to do what we have to do to get to reach the lost. That's that's really what that's all about. I um Justin kind of filled you in on this the other uh, when when he was speaking in the beginning about about our hip hop concert that we had here on on Tuesday night. Uh, preach no, uh, uh, <laughs> and folks, I, I no don't 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 you worry. We're not going hip hop next week. We're not. But I'll tell you, I have seen passion. I have seen passion, and that. And when I saw seven kids get out, get up and go out to be rededicated, no, we're not going to do hip hop. No, I, I, I just, you know, it's not. But it has everything to do with attitude. Everything. Uh, it, it has to do with. And I've said it before. If if I, if if I could bring in the lost, and and I could. And I could do it by standing on my head up here. I do it. Whatever it would take. Whatever it takes to reach the lost. You know, sometimes it's it's and I go back to McDonald's. Go back to McDonald's. They didn't change the burger. And and we're not going to change the message. And don't let the fear of 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 you know the direction of the church, and don't don't let don't let these things bother you. But what I'm telling you is this: we have a command. That command is to reach the lost. Sometimes you got to take the cheese off, folks. Sometimes you have to do that. Let's pray, Father. Thank you so much for being our God. I thank you for loving us. I thank you for the for the opportunity that we have to come together as as your church um, to touch hearts, to open your word together. How how special, how special it is. Father, to know that in that in each verse, everything that we read, that there is a message in this. Father, there is no doubt the direction that you are setting us in here at Trinity. The opportunities that you're giving us. What we do here, you have given us the talent. You have given us the opportunity to do it well. And and I thank you for I thank you for the hearts that that give all for the cause of this church, which is the cause, your cause, to reach this community. I thank you for that. Father, I know that, that there are so many that are out there that need to be reached. And I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that you are trusting us. You're trusting us to do what's right to do what we have to do, to reach people who are dying. They're dying without Jesus Christ in their life. Father, bless us 
as only you can. Give us that, that desire, that need to, to reach out like we've never done it before. Let not just the doors be open, but let us be reaching out those doors. Reaching the unbelieving. All in the name of Jesus Christ. For the 37 that, that came to know you yesterday, Father, I ask your blessings upon each and every one of them to know that, that they have expanded the kingdom of God. Wow. Thank you for all of this. You're, such a, you're just such an awesome God. We thank you for this. And we praise your holy name in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.